Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out, weighed down, locked up, and left out. And if that sounds like you, you are in the right place because God has a word for you. It's time to get freed up. In today's episode, we're going to take a breath after the first content series and celebrate the first phase of our journey together. And I'll provide answers to some questions that have been submitted from listeners. This is going to be good. So let's get to it in just a moment. I cannot believe that we've completed the first series of Freed Up. And I'm so grateful to God for all that he's doing in each of your lives and in the life of this podcast. Free Up is six episodes old, y'all. So we're still really new in this thing. But one of the things that I promised myself and my accountability partners is that we would celebrate milestones along the way. So here goes. Whether you're joining us for the first time or you've been here before for a few episodes or you've listened to every episode, I want to thank you so much for your time, your attention, and just your overall support of this podcast. And this is for you. Know that I am so grateful that you keep coming back and I'm praying for you and I'm gonna continue to keep you front and center in my heart and mind as we take these next steps together. And speaking of next steps, If you've been listening and you haven't subscribed yet to Freed Up, then today is that day, okay? (laughs) If you don't mind, take some time to leave a rating or a review, and that way I can hear from you about how Freed Up is impacting your lives. You can also send feedback to me directly via my email, which is connect at freefieldfavored.com. And if this podcast is truly a blessing to you, Will you share it with at least one person this week? Ask them to listen to a previous episode of their choice. As a matter of fact, whatever you're doing right now, hold off on it for just a second. Take a moment and visualize that woman in your life who could benefit from this. She might be somebody at your job, in your friend group, in your family, somebody at your kids' school or that you carpool with in your book club, your Bible study, your sorority, your mentee, your mentor, or even your babysitter. Do you have her face in your mind? Cool. Text her, email her, inbox message her, or call her and invite her to listen to Free Up, okay? If it's been a blessing to you, it will likely be a blessing to her also. On another note, I want to share with you that I was recently invited to be a guest on the On Notice podcast, which is hosted by Sa and Drew. And their podcast exists to help millennials focus on what they need to do in their lives to live life on purpose and live a life that leads to fulfillment. So it was my joy to spend time with them and share with their listeners about the Freed Up podcast. But mostly it was just cool to talk about how God has given us this amazing formula for success and how we can live free, filled, and favored. So if you get a chance, hop on over to their podcast in the next week or so, and you'll get to hear me speak about God's heart for millennials and his desires for them. And their podcast is linked to their web address, 
So I'll put that in the episode description so you'll be able to reach them that way. These ladies are doing an outstanding job in reaching out to their peers. And I'm so proud of them. And I'm grateful that they let me come over and hang out. And so I'm happy to support the work that they're doing. And I also want to take time to give a little heads up on what to expect from Free Up for the Fall. Now, as a reminder, Free Up is a biweekly podcast. It's primarily solo cast, but as mentioned, we'll feature guests occasionally, including those that will share their stories of being freed up and those that serve in the ministry of healing and in the mental health profession. We will plan to start a new content series late September. This series is entitled Leaving the Stuck Places or Destination Unstuck. Okay, so I haven't really figured that out just yet, but you get the idea. And so I'm really excited about this series. And so be praying for me as I prepare for that. In this series, we're going to explore the reasons why we need to pull up from some of these attitudes, behaviors, and emotional pitfalls that keep us in a rut and further away from our desires of living free up. And in between that time, freed up is going to mix it up a little bit. So I'm planning during this time to have a guest who I call another everyday chick, just like me and you. And she's going to share an important marker in her journey of being freed up, including sharing about some instances in her life where she experienced church hurt. She is God's evidence, along with so many others of you, that the path toward freedom in him is worth the walk and it's worth the work. And by the way, I want this podcast to showcase voices that mirror people that you cross paths with in your everyday experiences. So Freed Up is not hung up on having big names or titles on this show. The truth of the matter is that every person listening is big to God and you're a big name to me. And it's in the everyday spaces anyway that we powerfully touch each other's lives in a meaningful and influential way. As a matter of fact, I hope that you will consider sharing your own story one day with Frida, just simply writing a letter for others to hear how God is helping you to be renewed and restored and to be redeemed. So before I answer the questions that we'll cover today, I want you to know that for the episodes that will host Q&A that I'd like to do after each content series, for some of those questions that are submitted I'll be consulting with the circle of my trusted colleagues and spiritual advisors to offer their insights. Consultation in the mental health profession is an integral part of providing support to others. And Proverbs 11 verse 14 says this, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So it's good to have the strength of wisdom to guide us. And of course, The guidance will always be grounded in the principles of God's word. Now, with that said, I want to get to these questions. And by the way, thank you so much to those of you who sent these in. The first couple of questions are all centered around wanting to know more about counseling and therapy. So I'm going to address those first and together. So here it goes. Question number one. What is the difference in counseling and therapy And when do you know if you need to go and see someone? So counseling is generally shorter term and it offers less intensive support 
Whereas therapy is a process that is much more in-depth, it's longer term, and it's more intensive, and it seeks to get to the root of the challenges that an individual is experiencing. Now, when do you know if you need to seek out these services? So let me give you a few indicators that could mean that structured support might be important to have at this phase in your life. First, and most important is, if you're having suicidal thoughts or even homicidal thoughts, or in some way you're considering harming yourself, then first you need to contact the crisis hotline. And I'll put that link in our episode description, but it's time to make connection with someone to help you walk through that. Also, another indicator may be if you're experiencing ongoing thoughts of worthlessness or guilt and shame, hopelessness even, or having negative thoughts about yourself, that might be an opportunity to get some assistance. And then if you're feeling paralyzed or stuck in some way after witnessing or experiencing something traumatic, then you might want to seek out counseling or therapy. You know, trauma involves loss. So if you've lost something like a relationship that was near to you, financial resources, a job, or even someone that was very dear to you, and that loss topples your ability to cope, then you need to seek out some services. If you're feeling an intensity of emotions that you can't seem to manage or control, if you feel angry, or fearful, anxious, sad most of the time, then you might need some support in getting to the root of that. And this also includes feelings that you are a spiritual misfit or somehow you don't fit in into a faith community. And then if you're having physical symptoms that can't be explained by your medical professional like stomach aches, headaches, or flutters in your chest, you might want to see a mental health professional. And if you're having continued relationship challenges with others and or if your closest family and friends are concerned about you and they are expressing these concerns to you, this may be an indicator to get some help. Any emotions or feelings that are interfering significantly with your sleep, your eating habits, your work day, or any of the outlets in which you would generally find some pleasure, then these are some flags that may serve as a means for seeking out support from a mental health professional. This leads to the next question about counseling. Should Christians only go to Christian counseling? So let me start off by saying this. The overarching goal for the life of every Christ follower is to become more like Christ. And that allows us to experience freedom in him. Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So in every phase of our lives, we should strive to accomplish this even in and through those times where life is hard and we need a supportive environment like counseling or therapy to help us navigate the challenges we're facing. Christian biblical counseling is certainly and absolutely the priority consideration for the Christian. This allows a Christ follower seeking healing and support 
to accomplish this explicitly in the context of their faith and spiritual beliefs. And the Bible as the authority of God for Christ's followers is the basis and foundation for the care that is received in the counseling environment. I am an advocate of Christ-centered counseling because Jesus Christ himself is the Prince of Peace and the wonderful counselor. And if the counseling and therapeutic work is modeled after his example and God's word, then it will be expedient for those that love him and desire to be more like him. And remember, the Holy Spirit is God's spirit and he is our counselor and the convictor of truth. A few years ago, I received counseling in a biblical counseling setting for support during a marital crisis. And my experience was so valuable and very fruitful. And what stood out to me about that experience is that the counselor was a person that was clearly motivated by love and showed compassion to me and provided an emotionally and spiritually safe environment for me to share a range of my emotions and all that I was feeling. And it allowed me to process through the need to make some important choices that were facing me. So while the context of the setting was important to me, who the counselor was as an example of Christ's heart was even more important. The process of counseling and therapy takes place through and in a relational partnership between a counselor or therapist and their client. So the relational aspect is the most critical part of the healing process because it's the foundation through which the work of healing is realized. And so that relationship should foster trust where the client can fully invest themselves spiritually and emotionally. And then this results in their feeling emotionally safe and supported and free of judgment. So no person should feel judged, feel punished or shamed because of a situation they are in or because of a decision they have made or are considering making that is out of alignment with the truth of God's word or that doesn't fit that counselor or therapist's personal beliefs and convictions. Isaiah prophesied this and Jesus read this scripture aloud about himself in Luke chapter four, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. The expectation for those that come to the counseling setting is that they are in need of being freed up in some way. And the heart of Jesus' ministry is that he welcomes them to come just as they are. Yes, Christian counselors must share the truth of God's word because it is when we know and accept the truth that we can be made free. Those are Christ's words. And there has to also be an allowance for clients to make their own choices, whether it aligns with God's truth or desires for them. There has to be room also for the work of the Holy Spirit, and we have to always demonstrate love because that is the mark for every believer in Christ, to show love regardless of the choices that are made. Here's some general guidance for seeking out counseling and therapeutic services. First of all, be prayerful. Because this is a very important step 
and you'll need the wisdom of God to make the decision regarding where you will find your support in this time of need. Does the individual have adequate training, the competence, and certification to support the level and depth of need that you have? As a side note, if you're hearing just pray about it, and here are some scriptures to read relating to this specific area of struggle, I want you to know that that is foundational. And God has provided an abundance of resources, just like he has in a medical health setting, to aid you in your mental health and emotional spiritual healing process. You definitely want to make sure that you have access and feel confident and comfortable in seeking those resources out. Another thing is, does the counselor have some aspect of accountability? Are they receiving some ethics oversight in addition to their church and faith standards of conduct that allow clients to be protected from any acts of misconduct? And then ask about any areas of concern that you might have in identifying the place that you'll receive your supportive services. Counseling and therapy is a spirit, heart, and soul transaction, and it requires careful consideration. And at times when these issues arise in your life, it might be overwhelming to do this on your own. And so that's when you pair up with your sister and ask her to support this process with you. As a matter of fact, you might just simply find out if there's someone in your circle who's received counseling services before and feels comfortable making a referral to you. And with all of that said, this doesn't mean that a counseling setting outside of biblical counseling is not an option for a Christian. Now, many counselors and therapists that are professionally trained and are Christians practice in non-faith-based environments and support clients of their faith and those that are not. Also, there are believers that receive counseling and therapy through their workplace health programs that have providers listings, and they found that those resources are helpful as well. I hope that this adequately answers the question for the listener that asked it and for anybody else that might be in that inquiring minds want to know section. Okay, the next question is this. Can you talk about what intimacy looks like outside of sex? So in the episode where I talked about intimacy, it was in the context of what our intimacy with God should look like. I focused on that because I was sharing about two primary areas in our lives that are under attack spiritually and continually, and that both of these areas where challenge can lead to weights and wounds that contribute to our need to be freed up. In response to the question, let me frame this answer in this biblical truth. God created the highest level of intimacy for our relationship with him and then for the man and woman in the context of marriage covenant as found in Genesis chapter two and three. Those two were brought together to become one flesh and that oneness is the pinnacle of intimacy. In the marriage relationship, the goal of intimacy is developed in physical and sexual, mental, emotional, and spiritual openness and trust. And that's the full circle for completeness. Now, obviously all relationships require some level of intimacy So there are levels, intensity, and depth of intimacy that is contingent upon the type of relationship. So I'm going to answer this question based upon how this can be done outside of the marriage relationship and in the context of dating and singleness, given the other information that was provided from the person that submitted this question. So here is what comes to me when I think about this 
intimacy with others thing. There is no developing relationship without some level of intimacy, and there is no developing intimacy without some level of risk. Life does not guarantee a pain-free or risk-free relationship for anybody. And the foundation of intimacy is trust. That means that the process for developing intimacy requires that trust is developed in the relationship. And where trust is, risk is. And if that trust is damaged or broken, it can create wounds. Now, how that trust happens is what I think is key to answering this question. Marshall Siegel, who is part of the Desiring God ministry team, wrote something that I read about recently that stuck with me as it relates to intimacy in this context. He said, in dating relationships, that the goal should be to seek clarity over intimacy. I just stop and let that marinate a minute. Because when I read that, I did exactly that. Let me stop and think about this. This impacted me in a big way because I began to think about what clarity looks like. In my mind, it's understanding, learning, looking with eyes wide open, hearing what's being said and what is not, seeing what's being done and not being done clearly assessing the full range of behaviors and patterns because this will guide the outcomes. So if clarity is the goal and discernment is the filter, then intimacy can develop in a healthier way outside of sex. So what does that look like? That looks like boundaries. Clarity is having boundaries, strong boundaries. That looks like discipline. You don't push further than what the relationship calls for. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, above all else, guard your heart. It looks like discernment. What does what I see and know clarify for me? Proverbs 27 and 12 helps with this as well. It says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions, but the simple one goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. It looks like courage, courage to push further when clarity okays it for more intimacy in emotional and spiritual connection. But also it's courage to call it done when clarity shows you clearly that to move forward in that trust development toward intimacy is unwise and will wound you. It looks like not developing a depth of intimacy with every person you date but wisely considering with clarity how to meet out your trust, being disciplined, discerning, and courageous in your intimate connections. This is going to help protect our hearts and our minds as we prepare for the highest level of intimacy that God desires for us. Okay, y'all, that's all the time we have. I hope that this has been helpful for everyone. And please know that you can send questions anytime you want to my email. I'll respond to you directly, even if the question is not answered on the podcast. As always, the email address will be listed in the episode description, okay? All right, gotta go. We'll be back in two weeks. I love you. God bless you.